This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head to toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me and he's asking me where I got them. Well, I told him the only place to get them, Tacovas. And they have a seasonal limited edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do, and Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style, plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-B-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today. Guys, I'm really into things that add more convenience to my life. It's even better when it also comes with safety in a high quality package. I'm talking about my Eufy Video Lock. I'm still loving this thing. I love this thing so much that I'd like to invest in the company. I am so impressed with this product that I'm willing to back it. And if anyone out there knows how I can do it, please reach out. You gotta check it out for yourself. I'll probably do a quick social post, but for now, just search UV Video Lock. Do it online. It's a three-in-one smart lock, 2K camera with an audio and doorbell. It's easy to install. It has fingerprint recognition, so I don't even have to remember a code. I can control it all in an app, which again, the convenience is such a big plus for me. We are always on the go, and being able to monitor our home on the road is such a nice option. Not only that, I don't have to rush to the door if the doorbell rings. I can either open the door or ignore whoever's at the door by vetting them through the app. There is no monthly fees for security video storage. The battery is rechargeable, and each charge lasts about four months. This Eufy Lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your front door. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday. And thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. To be part of something, you'll be able to relate to this. To be part of something we need. We need that as human beings. Now, you possibly have never identified that about yourself. You possibly, ah, I don't need to be. I'm happy with my day, get up and go do what I do and come back. 
but I'm still right, even if you haven't identified it. You, you just don't know it. To be part of something, that, that's turned into bad things, right? Where, where kids will go be part of a group that isn't what their parents want them to do, just to be part of something. Go join a team, do a sport, whatever your school, whatever your, your, your camaraderie and your, your rah-rah speech, you got to be part of something. So one thing that I'm very proud to be part of is the monster team. And the monster team is a very coveted team. Sorry. I'm sorry if that sounded gross, but it is. It's, it's very hard to get into. And the monster team is also the only universal team in our industry of MMA. That didn't used to be true. I came up through uh, tap out days. Tap out was, was an awesome situation that was, was universal. But monster, one championship. Bellator UFC sponsor. There is no other sponsor that is with every organization. So when I tell you that it's an elite team, it really is. It really is, but you got to be part of something, right? You've You've got to have these groups. So Hans and Monster makes this commitment long ago and is the only brand to transcend and, and get all three. It doesn't matter what you're watching. You've got a group. And then you got you got the monster core. They've got their own thing going, right? If you guys are fans and, and you're on board with the team, then you see the social media. You follow Hans. You follow Monster. You know that I'm involved. So on and so forth. There's a power in that. And there there is a power. with When I tell you a team, I haven't met everybody on Monster. Does that surprise you? I was in Australia one time and had not met any of those groups over there. They found out I was on the monster team. I was treated very nicely. Even ended up going to, to dinner that night. I would have had dinner alone in my room, but instead I'm, I'm with them just because you're part of the team. There's teammates who, I have, who, who I've never met, but if they needed something, they had a message, they had something that they needed to get out, they come to me and I help facilitate that. Real simple point, right? But but have I won you guys over? Have I won you that, yeah, there's there's a power in that? There's an importance to that? I went and did a search. I'm not an investigative guy. I got Helwani's number. Helwani can go do all the work. He likes that. He likes to be the first to break a story. I go to Ariel. He goes and does all the work, then he hands it to me. I'll come in maybe a few minutes behind him and go take the credit, right? I mean, but that that's just the way this goes. But I went and I did a little level of research. And I was just curious because everything that I have heard from the night Okanovsky became the number one contender for the lightweight championship. He's got no chance. And I want you guys to stay with me on something. Okay? When Volkanovsky got named as the backup opponent, this is very relevant that you understand this, because this is not just a dialogue that Volkanovsky can't beat Islam. That's what you guys are currently hearing. I just want to remind you, if you were to go back on that timeline, This has not been just that he can't beat Islam. Oh my gosh, Islam is so good. 
oh, Islam's been discovered, Islam's out. That's what it feels like, but that's not what happened because back when he was the backup fighter, he could have gone in against Oliveira. And we knew when that fight between Oliveira and Makhlchev reached its conclusion that Volkanovsky was very likely to be next for whoever it was. And it was still not believed. And Volkanovsky was still dismissed. Now, that's important that you understand to some degree. It's important that you understand that the media that you're hearing about, the three-to-one underdog, the no-shot Alex, is not unique to Islam, the opponent. The fans just didn't believe that Volkanovsky could go up to 155 pounds. I'd like to know why. I mean, for a decade, it has been very well believed and accurately so that the hardest and deepest and toughest division in our sport is either 145 or 155. Now, I will, I will fully admit that once you have that debate, if you want Shale's opinion, yes, you found the right two weight classes, and yes, we can hash it out and go back and forth and spend a few minutes, it will be 155. 155 will win that debate, but mere fact that there is a debate and you have a king of one division, you have a king of another division, but the smaller guy's not big enough, I don't understand that. I mean, that just has never been a factor any other way we've done this. We've taken 205-pounders and moved them up to heavyweight. John Jones right now is an inflated 205-pounder who's a favorite to beat Surreal Gone. The size did not apply in the factoring in to John. And that wasn't just John versus Surreal. That was John versus the field. John was expected to win, and by me as well. I don't disagree with that. I'm sharing that that was never, that, that was never a benefit of the doubt shown to Volkanovsky. Now, you guys don't need to be won over to my side to think that Volkanovsky can win this fight. I'm not even trying to get you there. This is between those boys. They will figure it out. There's a reason Dana's going to set that cage up, right? There's a reason we're going to do this because we don't actually know. But I do want to go back to my original premise of Ons, of Monster, of the team, of being involved, of having an importance. I can remember the night that Volkanovsky was walking out to take on the Korean zombie. And it was a very similar walkout as the night that Volkanovsky was walking out. He was leaving the locker room. He hadn't even come through the curtain. He wasn't even to the auditorium. He's got his flag wrapped around him. He's got his, his team with him. He's got the game face on, and he says to the camera where it's quiet, hoping that it would be picked up, having no idea if it actually would be. He said to the camera, hoping it would be picked up. New Zealand, this is for you. And he went a little further in one of them and even said, I see you and I hear you guys. Now, what he's talking about there is social media. He's talking about comments being made online. But, but in one of the highest pressure situations that anybody could be in, including Volkanovsky, a cage fighter, when he could only form a few words, a couple of sentences, that's what he chose to say. He chose, while on American soil, to let New Zealand know that this was for them. And it empowered him. 
And when the fight was over, the very first thing that he went back to was that. He bookended it on the front end and the back end. Which would lead a commoner like myself to believe it's pretty damn important to him. And he's going to be in Perth this time. He's not just going to have social media. He's not just going to have things and likes and messages and thumbs up and DMs waiting in the box saying, go get him, Alex. He's going to have those people there. And I'll tell you what, one of the great performances, completely underrated, completely underrated, one of the great performances, one of the best and possibly the the single best fighter who has ever got in that octagon, quite possibly, was Israel Adesanya the night he fought Robert Whitaker. 57,000 live fans right down the middle. I was there. You had roughly 30,000 cheering for the undisputed champ, roughly 30,000 cheering for the interim champion. And I'll just share with you that it, it made a difference, right? They talk about boxing experts will tell you the Mike Tyson, that specific, that Mike Tyson that fought Spinks is the greatest boxer the world's ever seen. Many experts will tell you that there's never been a boxer that could get in and beat that Mike Tyson, including Mike Tyson on other nights. That that was the most ferocious and the most dangerous man to ever get in there. I believe the same to be true for mixed martial arts, but I believe it was the Adesanya that Whitaker had to face. And you saw those guys rematch, and you saw them doing a different continent, and you saw a very different contest. Just to add legs to the argument that I'm making. This isn't Perth. How much does it matter? What's it going to do? Is it gives them superhuman powers? I'm not trying to be silly with you guys. I'm not trying to be silly at all, but I, I do feel that you're being silly. I think DraftKings is being silly. I watched John Anik do a, a show on this, being silly. Three to one? Three to one? For Makhlchev, you had it the same way when it was Oliveira. You'd have it the same way if it was Gamrot. You'd have it the same way as if it was Gaethje, it appears. It appears that you just don't think Volkanovsky can deal with the field because you just think he's too small, which is the same thing you said about McGregor when he went up to 55, the same thing that you said about Cormier when he went up to heavyweight. Big deal to be part of something. It's a big deal to represent something. I can tell you that firsthand, but you, you could tell me it back, too. I, I shared my story with Monster, but you've got your own story out there, too. I think you would be very wise to take that into consideration before you go and part with any kind of money at 3 to 1. Well, we're well into 2023. Have you guys kept up on your fitness goals? Have you made it into the gym before or after work like you hope to? If not... The FitBot app is here to help you succeed in staying on track for the rest of 2023. The FitBot app creates a workout routine that is personalized to your goals, your fitness label, and your available equipment. 
It learns from your previous workouts and adapts as you improve so you can keep the momentum going all the way through the year and beyond. Look guys, I've been around the gym pretty much my entire life. I know a lot about working out. I know a lot about setting goals, but sometimes you get lazy or it's hard to just keep up with a routine. Habits are real, whether they're good or bad and getting in the swing of things can be tough. Using the FitBot app has helped me to get the most out of my workout. It's got me out of the rut because it has a variety of different exercises that I can do right from my home gym. Guys, all I got is a plyo box and a jump rope, but you don't need the fancy equipment to get a workout in with FitBot. Just pick a fitness goal, add in your equipment, and FitBot will create a routine just for you. Whether you've been missing gym time or you hit a plateau, a fresh start has never been easier. The app switches up your exercises to help avoid overtraining or just flat burnout. A full year of FitBot is less than the cost of a single session with a personal trainer. You can work on your body and your budget by using the FitBot app. Join FitBot today and build a routine that lasts all year. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash jail. F-I-T-B-O-D dot me slash jail. Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the plate. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man, and here's why. This collection can help you get ready for any occasion. They have the most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos, so you'll never have to worry about what to wear. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility and leaves you free to enjoy whatever life throws your way from your commute to the office to meeting up with the guys after work to watch the game. My favorite thing about Roan is its wrinkle release gold fusion anti-odor technologies. I get home still smelling fresh and wrinkle free after a long day at work coaching and running around with my family. Roan is 100% machine washable, so you or your wife can ditch the trips to the dry cleaner altogether. It's time to look great and feel confident without the hassle of going from one mall store to the next. Head to roan.com slash chael. That's R-H-O-N-E dot com slash chael. Use the promo code chael to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash chael. R-H-O-N-E dot com slash chael. Use the promo code chael. It's time to find your corner office comfort. What happened with Prohaska? You fought Prohaska twice. You beat Prohaska, he, he beat you. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I honestly think that a healthy year was going to be the style to beat John Jones. People, like, I think John Jones is a great fighter and probably one of the best of all time, but in order to beat someone that technical, you have to get in his ass. You have to fight him like it's a three-minute tough man bout. And Yuri fights at a high pace. He's reckless. He's not going to try to out technique you. He's just going to try to beat you. He's going to try to go out there and knock you, knock you out, try to stop you. And uh, I think that's the style that would give John Jones problems. I'm not saying he's going to win, but that's the style that 
John Jones and 205 would have issues with. Uh, when, when did you form this opinion and this respect of Prohaska? After you fought him, after you watched him, like where I'm actually surprised to hear you say this. In, in the tournament, because I was like, who is this guy okay. from Chef? Man, this bum. I'm like, I'm going to fuck this kid up. And then I'm watching him, I'm like, oh, god damn, he's kind of savage. I'm like, let me see what's between him and this Russian, because the sure. Russian Nemkov is fucking good. So I'm like, let me watch this fight. And I'm watching, I'm watching this pace that was stepping so fucking sure. high. At the end of the first round, Nemkov faints. And they call the fight. And I'm like, oh my God. This guy. Just from exhaustion? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I didn't know that. 10 minutes, because so don't forget, the first round is 10 minutes. That's why yeah. you see Yuri come out, guns are blazing versus everybody. You know, in the UFC, you know, five, 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 five. Well, you're used to 10, 5, 5, whatever, but just wow. And you see what he did that when, he, when, he, when he made his debut in the UFC. Just he was confident, had his hands down, rolled his hand before he threw his punch. He has a good chin. He has a great gas tank. Like when Glover had him in the head and arm choke. Yeah. Now, I've been in the head and arm choke from Glover. And that shit is fucking tight. Sure. And, uh, to, to, to see him not tap was pretty fucking amazing because when Glover gets a head knob choke, motherfucker, you're going to tap. Sure. And you just sat there yeah. and just, and just even the guillotine, like, you know, granted, you know, Glover's a good guillotine. You know, Yuri, fight out. And and see Yuri submit Glover. Yeah, and, and Glover has an amazing pace. Yeah. I mean, for so Glover to get worn down is I, I don't think I can ever say I, I saw that before. Let, let me ask you: this. I used to mess with EPO, which like it ups your yeah. blood cells and it just it gives you really good uh, cardio for people that want it now. But Yuri got tested by Osada a record time, it was 27 times in 29 days. It was something like this. And I think that's what they think he's on. I don't think he is, but I'm saying I I think that's what they think that he's on because of this cardio that's hard to explain. I think they think that he's, he's dope. He's awesome, pure discipline. This kid, like, I remember when I knocked him out, I was like, stay down. Stay down, cause like when I knocked him out, I hit him everything I fucking had. Like, I, he ran into my fucking right hand, and when he crumbled, I saw him. You can go back watch the video. He was still trying to get up. Wow. He was like this. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I don't want to see this kid again. I'm thinking to myself, I do not want to fight this kid again. I'm, I'm like, cause he's something else. Sure. So I, I'm, I'm continuing to watch him. Like after he, I beat him, he goes on a fucking tear. Smashing people. And then I remember in Japan, so, uh, and CB Dollar was going to fight him. And CB's like, Mo, what should I do? I'm like, hey, <clears throat> calf kick him. You have to like try to wrestle him. But he's, he hits hard. He has a great gas tank. But the weakness I see is the calf kick. And he was doing the calf kick, landing it. And all of a sudden, Yuri lands that one big right hand and puts him out. Wow. Like, I didn't know CB fought him. Yeah, Yuri, when Yuri fought, um, um, Dominic Reyes. <laughs> that was the spinning back elbow. The, the finish on the, on the cage it was amazing. When he beat Volkan Ozdemir, he clowned him with the head kick. The, the way he had been dispatching people was pretty impressive. My only worry about him is he's so reckless and uh, he's pretty durable, but eventually durability fades away. Sure. Um, Okay. Sure. No, that can, it can make for a short career, but a, a very special one. I, I didn't. I, I, you're making me look at him different. I thought he was just a, a wild guy with a good little run. He's special, huh? 
You can see something special. All right, let me ask you this. I mean, what is going on with this shoulder injury? You hearing anything inside scoop here? I don't know, but I think he's going to come back close to 100% because the way he is, like, he's like a straight samurai. Like, he embraced Japanese culture to the fullest. He's all about everything he's doing right now is about fighting. It's geared towards him being the best fighter possible. Even, like, just when you meet him, you talk to him, you realize, like, hey, this guy has no life but fighting. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Yuri Prohoshka, yeah. wow. Yeah, he's special. Like, like he's a problem. Like, I thought Nemkov's going to, I was like, yeah, I'm going to fight Nemkov in the finals. I'm going to be ready for this Russian. Yeah. I saw Yuri beat him. I'm like, God damn. Like, okay, well, either the Russian was really out of shape or Yuri's just in great shape. And Yuri and, pushed that hard, huh? He made him faint. Wow, I didn't know that. Faint. I did not know that. Wait, who does Yuri train with? What is his team? And who's his coaches? What, what, what? That's a great question. I don't right. know. Like, remember that cartoon Heathcliff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that fight. Remember when Heathcliff so, fights Spike the dog? The like, that fight the with Yuri Bochaska and uh, uh, Nimkov was similar to that. Okay. Reversal, reversal. Yeah. Hit, yeah. Kick, punch. It's just like, <laughs> like yeah, it was. It was. It was. You should watch. The heat clips. The big orange cat that like lasagna. Yeah, no heat clips. Favorite cartoon. Man, look, I saw Chimaev in Jacksonville, and I'm like, how does this guy make 170? He's a big joker. You know, he's a big dude. Um, at 185, I think he's in a weird situation because when COVID hit. He was free to fight, so he fought at two different weight classes and had great results at both weight classes. Um, I think at 170 is more proven, but I think he can do more at 185 because he cuts a lot of weight to make 170. Sure. I think he's a 185 pounder, man. I saw him. He's a big, tall guy. Um, but Mo, you you've done them all. I mean, you were 184 pounds in wrestling. You went 211 in wrestling. You went heavyweight in fighting. You went to 205 in fighting. I mean, life is better when you're not cutting that weight. I mean, interacting with people, trying to have a relationship, getting up in the morning, going through a day. Life is better. And he's a young guy, 24 years old. Maybe he's had a birthday and he's 25. Like, that has to be factored in. Of course he goes 185. Why have a miserable life just to win some fights? Why why, why not do a couple more pull-ups and go win them up here and be happier? That's hard to explain to people, but you know what I mean by that. Yeah. see, See, the thing is, I feel like the problem with a lot of these people, these fighters nowadays... Um, if you're going to cut weight, at least understand your style and understand things. If Jamai understands how he wants to fight and wants to cut the weight, go ahead. But I really think that he's doing something with the service. And if he's going to lose to anybody um, because of, of ga- his gas or gas issues or weight cutting issues, it'll be at 170. 185, he might have enough technique, sure. enough strength to beat those guys you know, and be fresh enough to go a hard three to five rounds if needed. But at 170... Watching with Gilbert Burns, um, I saw the if it was a five round fight, Gilbert Burns could have maybe you know turned it around sure. the last two rounds. Gilbert doesn't get enough credit though. He is a competitor. Gil- Gilbert will go do a grappling match on a weekend that nobody will even see just to get a competition in. I mean, he he is that old school. Let's compete. Yeah, I agree with you. And those guys are a handful. Just that alone, a guy that's willing to go and do that. Yeah, guys that wouldn't scrap yep. go out there and scrap. Yep. Even on the line. Because I feel like John Jones should have been doing what Gilbert does. Like, if you're not, if you've been fighting three years, we'll go out there and enter in the wrestling tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, enter in a grappling tournament, you know, go do something that, that's competitive within, you know, combat sports. 
But when you're sitting there just rolling around and sparring with who knows who, I'm not sure if that's going to get you to the point to be a champion again. Yeah. Well, he has the, John Jones has the skill set to do it, but the three years off, so let's say he stayed the same for three years. That means that he didn't improve. That means everybody else caught up or could be trying to catch up or close the gap. Because if this is three years ago or four years ago and people say John Jones is going heavyweight and, and he'll be weighing in at 225, a lot of people have been like, you know what? He might win. He, he, could, he might be champion. Now, with the three-year hiatus, people are having doubts. And, sure. and I'm really thinking that with Cyril Gaon pushing Nganu to the limit, Cyril Gaon could have won that fight. Sure. If, he didn't, if he didn't go for that leg lock, he could have won that fight. Sure. And I think, I think just, I don't know, I think, that, I think he's going to um, surprise people. And, oh. Okay, that's the second time you've you've made that comment. So let's back up to this. In your mind, do you believe John Jones versus Francis Ngannou that that is for sure Francis Ngannou? Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay, I, I'm getting that tone from you, almost like Francis is the bar. Right, Francis. Because here's the thing, right? Like people fail to realize that Francis was learning on the job. So when Francis fought Stipe, he was like, "I'm gonna go kill him because I kill everybody else." In the rematch, Francis is like, "You know what?" I have 25 minutes to kill this man. Let me take my time. Let me throw a jab. Let me cut him off. Let me just let me not just throw heavy hooks and uppercuts. I'm gonna set this stuff up and make him run into something. Oh, he shot sprawl. But before, he was just out there like, I'm the boogeyman. If I touch you, you're going to sleep. Now he's like, you know what? I can touch you, but I have to touch you. Let me set it up. We can't assume John's better today than he was three years ago. Maybe he can be equal, but he can't be better. It's like, well, yeah, that's that's true. And he's going to need to be better, isn't he? Yeah. So you have to remember this, right? When John Jones first hit the scene, when he first was on the scene, he was a younger man. Yep. Full of energy. More volume. Now he's the older man facing younger, younger athletes with more volume. And these guys are stripped bigger, stronger. And a little faster. John Jones is quick, but I, if you watch Cyril Gaon, you'll see the, the speed differential is a little, little, little um, it's a little bit speed differential there. So what's next for Stipe? Well, I mean that's kind of the million dollar question here. And the announcement of Stipe not getting this fight in some ways retires Stipe, or at least potentially. If Stipe couldn't get the fight in the last year, if Stipe couldn't get the fight when they wanted to do the fight, which was December, why would Stipe get the fight in in July? What would be different then? I think that's a really hard question to answer. Well, what's Curtis Blades doing? Because like I, I don't know why they wouldn't put Stipe versus Curtis Blades. Well, I, I hear you on that. The rumor, or at least the belief, is Stipe's going, no, listen, I'm, I'm championship. I lost. I put my championship on the line against Francis. I offered to fight Francis. I qualify for a trilogy fight with Francis, which I do agree with. So he's going, if you're going to get where things worked out with Francis, I still remain in a world title fight. The belief is that that is Stipe's stance. I haven't spoke to him, but I actually get that stance. That makes sense to me. So I, I tend to believe that that is the case. In other words, Mo, he's not going to do anything unless it's a championship fight. See, I, I, I wish, like, like, you know, I, I, you know, it's not a big deal, but you know, I don't really wish. But I think what made sense, honestly, is the USC would have had John Jones fight someone like Tai Tiavasu or somebody like a showcase fight to show, hey, we have a different fighter 
at, uh, at heavyweight he can show some power because at 205 everyone's going off of the only highlights they can show from John Jones is from four years ago four or five years ago at 205 sure. you know but if you have him fight at heavyweight have him fight a punching bag a, a, a guy that's pretty tough durable but a punching bag that is somewhat dangerous that could that, that could you know sell that could actually sell a fight if we were to fight Tai Tiavasu or to stop Tai Tiavasu you know that would be like you know I'm not saying he would have, but if, if you know, mm-hmm. the other heavyweights out there, they could put John Jones against to, to showcase that hey, we have a true legitimate heavyweight now, and he looks so good that I think you know with him being a former title holder, we should let him fight heavyweight for the belt. And two, if we did that, it'd free up like Steve Baker to fight Shogun, sure. winner fights John Jones because John Jones has sure. proved himself as a heavyweight. Those heavyweights just have not found a way to make themselves interesting or to separate from the pack. And at some point, they're either going to figure out how to do it, or the UFC is going to take the hell with it. We're done waiting for you guys. Sergey, you're up. You know, this Sergey, you're up. I mean, at some point, you you have to do it that way. And we've seen it before. But tr- traditionally in the sport, they would give the boys a chance first. At some point, they're going to, hey, Aspinall, you're up. And, um, you know, that's probably what it's going to take. But when that happens, that takes a 40-year-old, that takes a 40-year-old Stipe who's been removed from the sport for a year and a half already out of the equation. And I think it's a problem. I think he's got a real problem on his hands. Is he even going to be able to get another fight? What was stopping the UFC from saying, you know what? Let's take it back to the old school. Let's have a tournament. No, not one night tournament, of course, but a tournament that sure. you know, like, kind of what Bellator is doing to sure. where you actually fight for the belt. Instead of just, you know, because like 205 division, for instance, like, hey, uh, so-and-so for so-and-so. We didn't like the results, so draw. Okay, well, let's get two more fighters to fight for the belt. Where, you know, I feel like maybe a tournament would be more fitting. I would love that. I mean, that that's my fantasy, to have a competitive architecture and to actually find out who the best is. Um you know, that would be interesting. And you want to know another weight class, because Francis is so damn limited. That's that's why it's hard to, to close your eyes and imagine that he's the best, because he's limited. But I'll tell you another guy who's limited, who's undefeated, and who's also a world champion, is uh, Alex Piera, yeah. which is where a tournament would be very interesting. Like, do, do all of us experts get to go, this guy is too limited to be a martial art, mixed martial arts champion? Or do we learn the sport goes in waves, and it's now in a wave of one dominant discipline... Khabib proved that one dominant discipline beats pretty good at everything else. Yes and no, and the reason why I, I say I say I agree with you on that, but I say no a little bit because I feel like twenty five when Anthony Silva stepped in the game. Sure, they need to find somebody exciting to take to to step up. They had Romero, but he wasn't performing, and he was a wrestler. Granted, his fights were good, but sometimes he had duds. Sure. Um, I feel like that left a vacuum and they saw Israel Adesanya looking pretty exciting and they're like, you know what? Let's get behind them. Tyson Fury was trained by gypsy traveling boxers, right? They they do bare knuckle boxing. Their defense is a lot different. They move their head, they parry. A lot of times in boxing, boxers do the high guard. You can't high guard with MMA gloves. You definitely can't high guard with bare, bare knuckles. And if you watch Tyson Fury, he has great head movement. You rarely see him do this. He moves his head enough. The only way the, um, the small gloves will make a difference is if you include clinching. 
If it's a bare knuckle fighting where you have where you include clinching, I think that Ngano beats him. But if you do not include clinching, he'll take a beating for as many rounds as it lasts. Hopefully it lasts all twelve so people get the money's worth, but Tyson Fury's a problem. Like like I know this. I'm not sure if Ngano punches harder than Deontay Wilder, because Deontay Wilder can punch. And Tyson Fury is eating all of Deontay Wilder's right hands. He's the only man that was never been stopped by Deontay. He's been knocked down by Deontay twice or three times, but never stopped. And that's impressive, man. He's like, man, he's a legend, honestly. But hopefully, you know, um, it's entertaining, but I don't think that it'll make much of a difference unless they include clinching. What do you think? I fully agree. I don't, I don't understand it. I know they're trying to bring those rules. Like, that's a little bit of a problem. The problem that they saw was that we cannot make the world believe that Tyson versus Francis is a question. Obviously, it's Francis, so let's put some rules in to make the world believe so that they will come give us their money. Like, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But you did that so obvious, and you tried to do that by throwing a cage in there, which just insults anybody's intelligence. What difference would it make if you were in a cage? I mean, surround it with hay bales. Put it in a parking lot. What difference does it make? So I thought that I thought Tyson sounded like a fool by doing that. And he goes, and we're going to do it with the four-ounce gloves. Like, okay, well, there's no commission that sanctions that. So now we're not even talking about an athletic event. Yeah. We're talking about an exhibition that you're going to need to find a jurisdiction where this is even allowed. And it just kept getting weirder and weirder. Or you could just do what Francis wanted to do, which was box. Francis never called for any BS. He never called for anything weird. He wants to get a bunch of money, but he was willing to box. Just go box. And the problem with that is, in boxing, unless it's an ex exhibition, or unless Francis has a big money guy that can pay to get ranked, like it, the fight would make no sense, you know, because like all the mandatory Tyson Fury would have, like would go first for Francis. Sure. And how would Francis be deserving of a title shot when he's not ranked? Sure. Okay, so let me make sure I'm understanding this. So you're saying the only way to to let it happen within the contracts that are already signed is to have it not be in boxing, which is why they need to go create their own sport. Is that was that your point of saying that? Or because if they go box, they can't pull it off. You got to go to Usyk get all these other guys first. That's how it seems. I, I, I don't. I don't see. That's how, a good point. I don't see how like you know because think about this: when Floyd fought Connor, Floyd didn't have a belt. Sure. So he could fight Connor because you know they. Um, Ring Magazine was like, you know what? We're going to make a made-up belt for them to fight for. Yep. Well, there were there were no rankings involved. Like, that's why you, you would never see um, uh, um, Connor fight someone like Terrence Crawford or Earl Spence because you have to be ranked to fight these guys. Sure. But in the exhibition, you could fight Floyd in the exhibition all day. You could fight Pacquiao in the exhibition all day. Sure. But for a belt, it's not happening. Unless it's a made up belt. It's an interesting point. I mean, I realize that that is why they started doing these exhibitions as like a workaround. Hey, we're not boxing. This is something else. But I mean, what are you going to call it? You're going to put it on Sports Center. If Jim Rome's going to talk about it, he's got to call it something. And I have a feeling he's going to call it boxing. So is it or isn't it? But within boxing, they have other genres. Celebrity boxing. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. You got two celebrity sure. boxing. You know, <laughs> sure. Let them go five rounds or six rounds and not let it be like a 10 round, 12 round sure. beat down. Let it be six rounds, six two minute rounds or whatever. Sure. Hey, you might have been on something uh, talking about the gypsy thing. I mean, you know, bare knuckle would, would be very interesting between those two. But 
under the rules of bare knuckle boxing. Of course, you know, then we're doing the clinch. Well, wait, wait, you say it's bare knuckle boxing, you can't clinch. Bare knuckle fighting, BKFC, BYB, you can yep. clinch. Oh, okay. bare knuckle fighting, but bare knuckle boxing, like B BKB, they only box. Okay, bare knuckle fighting. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. appreciate that distinction. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you continue to leave reviews for the show on Apple Podcasts. We've got UFC this weekend, and we've also got a big night at Bellator. I'm going to be back on Tuesday to talk about it all. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.